Episode 2, How to Live a Badass Life with CrossFit Superstar, Entrepreneur, and Big Brother Season 19 Finalist, Christmas Abbott. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. There are really only two circumstances in our life that will force us to make a change. Number one, we can feel pulled by something bigger than us to course correct, step up our game, and contribute in a bigger way. Or number two, the outside circumstances of our life will come crashing down and force us to make a big change. For my guest today, a recent foot injury is causing her to step back and reevaluate her next right move. Christmas Abbott is an incredible woman. She is a CrossFit champion, Olympic weightlifter. She's the first woman to ever serve in a NASCAR pit crew. Oh, by the way, she's also a successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, and motivational speaker. And you might have seen her on your TV this past summer, making it to the final three on the CBS reality show, Big Brother. She and I had a chance to Skype together recently, and this conversation ended up being so much more than what I ever could have imagined. And what you're going to find is somebody who is in a big transition right now, processing what she's going to do to get to the next level of her life now that an injury might end her competitive athletic career. So some of the topics she and I will discuss in this conversation are why small beginnings don't have to equal living a small life, the near-death experience overseas that changed the trajectory of her life, how one right decision can create massive transformation for you starting today, why you shouldn't wait until you have the perfect plan to take inspired new action. Why you have to let go of what no longer serves you before you can create something beautiful and new. How to use fear to fuel you to your next level. The difference between passion and purpose. And how to activate your intuition. If you're a person who has ever let your career and your ambition get in the way of creating more balance in your life, you're going to be very moved by what Christmas shares with me at the end of this interview. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget, click the follow button here on the iHeartRadio app or click subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And don't forget to spread the word. This is a brand new podcast venture. I want to get this message out to inspire as many people as possible, so I would love to have your help. And by the way, don't forget forget to let Christmas and I know you're listening. Just screenshot this podcast, tag us both, and share it on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at CSC Dan Mason, and you can find her at Christmas Abbott. I know she loves responding to fans, so she'll be sure to leave you a message. And I always love hearing from people who are enjoying the content that we're producing here. It means the world to me that you're listening. So sit back, relax, and enjoy an inspiring, amazing half hour with professional athlete, entrepreneur, and Big Brother finalist, Christmas Abbott. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it is so good to talk to you. I got to imagine, well, when we're taping this, I'm trying to think, you've been out of the Big Brother house for maybe eight days? Eight days. I am strangely counting. <laughs> I know we're going to have a lot of Big Brother fans listening to this, but for people who don't watch the show, 
you're stuck in a house with 15 strangers. You are cut off from the outside world. You have no phone, no social media. You're not talking to your family. And I don't even think you have any pipeline to the news that's happening in the world. Am I correct? Zero and zero things to write on. We have no pen and paper. We have no news information. We are completely 100% cut off. There's a part of me that thinks, God, that would be amazing to spend a summer not having to see any of the craziness going on in the world. But from a practical standpoint, like you guys missed out on a lot. You know, Houston gets hit with a hurricane. One of your fellow contestants, Josh, he was from South Florida, so he had no idea that his family was in the path of a Category 5 hurricane coming through, right? Yeah, it's kind of wild. Uh, my mom lives in Texas, and, and you know, we're trying to um, gather up some cleanup efforts for that area. And, yeah, it's kind of wild. We really get zero information. So what have the last eight days been like for you then? On one hand, you're just trying to catch up with everything that actually happened in the world. Then you probably have strangers coming up to you who think that they know you because they watched you on these Big Brother live feeds 24-7 for the past three months. Is that weird? Yeah, it is. It is because, you know, you just don't know what kind of opinion they're going to have. But everybody that has approached me has been really nice. It's a really crazy transition for me. Uh, I don't know how exactly it is for everybody else that was in the house, but I'm just trying to take some time and not um, jump into everything too fast. And hopefully everybody will understand that. So you spent the summer in a house with 15 strangers who range from colorful to narcissistic to a couple of them might be sociopaths. We're not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unconventional way to spend a summer living. But in many ways, growing up, you had a bit of an unconventional childhood. So I want, I want to know, what was it like growing up part of a biker family? That's, that's, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. You know, um, unlike this summer, it was my norm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the bikers were actually much more normal than the Big Brother contestants. Yeah, you know, it's funny because people associate bikers as like outlaws and bad people. And, and you know, they, they actually are this amazing family and they are really tight and they really um, look out for each other. So it's this, this brotherhood that is developed through friends and families. And uh, it's pretty incredible. Now they don't always make the best decisions, but who does? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I was exposed to it and I was able to turn my life around and you know, it's that resilient kind of spirit that develops being in that lifestyle. And this is what I admire most about you is the life transformation. So let me ask you, uh, when you're growing up in a home where there's not a ton of financial abundance, I've seen you talk in other interviews about the fact that you and your sister didn't even just share a bedroom. You had to share a bed. It was a pretty cramped space growing up. And I noticed with people a lot uh, the belief that if you come from smaller beginnings – a lot of times as an adult, you think it means that you're always going to have to live a small life. And you were not the case at all. You're this hugely successful entrepreneur. You're a CrossFit champion. You built an entire fitness brand, motivational speaker, author. Did you ever see all that as a vision for your life growing up as a child? Or is that something that you cultivated much later? No, you definitely don't imagine that. And I think that that's kind of the part that makes people sad a little bit is that you dream about it, but you don't think that it's actually attainable until you start creating this path and, you know, building the foundation for something new that little by little, you start thinking that something else 
more is power is potentially there and you keep working towards it. And sometimes, honestly, when I achieve something in my life now, I look around in disbelief and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still working on that, that worthiness of obtaining it when it happens versus looking back and reflecting on it and saying, okay, yeah, I really did deserve that. I love the vulnerability of that answer. It's so beautiful because that's really the master lesson for all of us, right? It's just truly believing that we're worthy to achieve all the things that we want. Yeah. So I hope that people, you know, that no matter where they are in their life, they can look at something and say, I'm going to work my best to try and obtain that or reach that goal or change my life. You mentioned earlier the bikers you grew up around. You said some of them didn't make the best decisions. And to some extent, you might have also been talking about your childhood. I know there were some habits that you started picking up at an early age. I think you said you were smoking by age nine. And I know that that led to some experimentation with alcohol and drugs later in life. But what was the moment that you were able to turn that around? How do you make this transition from just sort of wandering trying to f find your way and then becoming this CrossFit badass. You know, um, it's funny. I was, I had just taken a job in Iraq and kind of blindly going into it much like this summer. And <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, I got this Christmas. You don't have this. <laughs> um, um, so I was in Iraq first few weeks there. I had incoming into the compound and it just, it changed my opinion. I just knew in that moment that I, I wanted to live and I wanted something better out of my life. When you talk about going to Iraq as a military contractor, you know, people might not understand you were in an active war zone. You were literally sleeping and then all of a sudden alarms go off and your camp is under fire. That is literally what happened. Um, and it was I think it was February 2004. And I decided to flip my life. And I did. And I quit smoking and quit drinking and started working out. And it was just something that I wanted more for myself. And I, I've always hold held true to that idea of want something more for yourself. And I think this summer kind of reminded me of that as well. What I'm always fascinated by and something else that I know, even when I look at some of the transformations I made in my life, sometimes life can feel so overwhelming. It can feel like so many things are off track or that you've settled in so many places it's like you don't even know where to begin. For you, I think it was just one decision. You were like, what, I'm going to quit smoking? Like that was the first decision for you? That was the first one because I knew that it was – I knew how bad it was. It was toxic to me and it was something that I was willingly putting into my body. And I, I decided that was the first thing. And then once I decided on that, went through the process, I knew that I needed the next step. So in my mind – it wasn't just having one thing that changed. It was having this constant examining of myself mm -hmm. and uh, putting in the work that it needed that needed to be done then. I think that is such an important point because I think so many people wait and they delay making a change until they have the perfect plan that they need to know point A, B, C, D, E, F all the way to Z and have it mapped out before they begin. And, you know, I, I when I look at my life, like in 2012, my background is, is I was 40 pounds overweight. I was getting divorced. I was in this bad depression and really successful in a career that I just had not I wasn't in love with anymore. And it felt like everything was so screwed up. And for me, literally, it was just one decision. I ordered those. I ordered the P90X DVDs off television. 
And I was like, well, I can't do anything about my job right now, but I can try not to be fat. <laughs> That's right. One thing at a time. But it's the momentum that you get once you cross the first hurdle that propels you moving forward. Is that what it was for you? Yeah. And you know what? It was the first time when I quit smoking, that was the first time I had really done something that I was proud of. That was my decision. That was good for me. And I loved the way that it made me feel. And that's what I wanted to continue to do. Positive things that make me feel good about my decisions and make me feel good about myself. And, you know, you, you can't have the perfect plan because no matter what, it's going to get changed. It is going to get you're, the rug is going to get pulled out from under you and you're going to have to figure out how to put yourself back on track. And, um, you know, it just starts with the small baby steps because that's what moves mountains. So what was that like? You made the, you make this progress, you start working out, you start hanging out with some of the military guys on the base who are pushing you beyond your physical limits. And then your time in Iraq is up and then you go back home I imagine there were probably some people in your peer group before who were still living a different lifestyle than you had embraced. Was it hard to sort of let go and to find a new tribe that inspired you and kept you down the path that you had started? Yeah, my transition back to home was a slow one. Over the four years that I was in Iraq, I lost contact with most of the people that would have been in that circle. Okay. But even then when I came home, people wanted to see and hang out and it just, it was very, you felt alienated. Um, <laughs> much like I do now. Um, oh my God. Oh. no, no, no sympathy. It's just funny. It's just, you know, it's a feel. it's a state of feeling that I'm in right now yeah. and that's okay. But you know, I, I just realized at that time I was like, okay, if these people aren't going to love the changes that I made for myself, that because they're better for me, then those are the people that I don't necessarily need in my life anymore. And I love you, but I can let you go. I've had to do that a couple times in my life and I'm okay with that because, you know, we, we've kept in contact periodically, but for the most part, um, you know, there's just not that connection anymore. It's sort of like the universe loves to fill empty spaces, right? So we let something go and something new is born. But did you find that all the new relationships and the new contacts and the new friendships it was like 10 times better than what you were, than what you had in your life before. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had this conversation right before I went into the big brother house and it, there's a meme with a girl standing there and she has this beaten up, you know, this old teddy bear and the dad is standing in front of her with a big teddy bear behind her, behind him. And it's like, sometimes you have to let go of the old in order to be able to make space for the, the new and the better. And I, I agree with you. I definitely created relationships that were much more fulfilling and what I needed in my life at that time. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing to know that you have to let something go in order to be able to make space for that new in your life. Because if you're holding on to everything, then you're not really changing anything. Oh, that is so good. It's scary. People don't want to let go. And once you find that bravery inside yourself, then that's when you get rewarded. But you have to take that leap. The idea of taking a leap and doing it afraid. We all face fear throughout our life. I mean, you were taking on projectiles in a camp in Iraq. You were probably afraid to go put yourself out there on national TV where, you know, people are going to troll online 24-7. How has your relationship with fear changed over the years, because at some point you've got to make friends with fear, I think, to, to get to any next level in your life. 
How would you describe your relationship with fear and how it's evolved? It's funny because it, it does, it's not a consistent relationship with the most turmoil parts of my life. I've tried to lean into fear and find things that empower me and fear. I've always kind of, uh, well, not always, but I've learned that it's like misplaced excitement. So it just means that I'm excited about something. And I think that there's a good opportunity for change. And that means that the fear and the excitement and the anxiety is, is me wanting it. If I didn't have that fear or excitement or anxiety, then I wouldn't have cared about it. And, and so I think that I have to remind myself and I think that people should be okay with being fearful sometimes. And I love the fact that you talked about how anxiety and excitement are both kind of the same energy. <laughs> yes. right? Is it like you have the same physiological response if you're nervous about saying I love you in a relationship is if you're getting on a roller coaster at an amusement park, you got the butterflies in the stomach, sweaty palms, your heart's racing, your body does the same thing. It's just like, I've always looked at it as anxiety is just sort of stepping into the unknown and expecting a negative outcome. But excitement is stepping into the unknown, but you're really expecting something positive yeah. to, to come out of it. And it's so hard, though, when you're in the moment to differentiate that line. Yeah, um, that comes with the awareness, the practice. I saw on your Instagram recently, you had a quote, we all have passions and a purpose. How do you define purpose? And is purpose the same thing as a passion for you or no? My purpose is what I get up and I do that is bigger than me every day. Totally. So for me, I think that it's important that what I leave imprinted on this world is beyond my name and who I am. I've definitely been working on some projects over the last few years that are, are unfolding now that I'm really excited about that will, you know, like people won't even know that I made this but it'll affect people's lives in a very positive way. And that for me is my purpose. I want people to be able to find health and wellness and happiness through the tools that I can create that, that just makes it easier for them to connect to. And, and that's my purpose. My passion is life. My passion is fitness. Um, but also right now my passion and my passions are shifting but my purpose isn't shifting. So is it fair to say that your passions with fitness and up-leveling your life, those are the things you love, but your purpose is how you're sharing that with other people and bringing that into their life? Yeah, I think that that's a pretty accurate explanation. Good job, Dan. Yeah, I know. I'm a life coach for a living. What do you want? I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, speaking of this entrepreneurship, and you talked about some of the projects that you're working on right now, and I want to get to that coming up in a moment, but I just saw something in the Harvard Business Journal a day or two ago that said female entrepreneurs are actually delivering a bigger return on investment by like 65% for venture capitalists than male entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> Female entrepreneurs are crushing it right now, and it feels like just such a powerful time just for feminine energy in general in our culture to rise up. But why do you think that is? Well, I love hearing that, obviously. I, I don't know exactly why. I didn't get to read an article. I can only speculate and have my personal opinion. I, I'm not quite sure. I can attest to how I work. I was taught early on that whatever I do, do it completely finish it 100% strive for excellence and go above and beyond and make it yours. So, you know, keeping these things in mind, I don't 
search for how other people have done it. I just have a vision in my head and that's how I want to do it. I don't want to, um, you know, influence my thought or my creativity with somebody else's vision of theirs. So I'm not quite sure exactly why it is, but I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. I think that's amazing. And I love entrepreneurs, male or female, just somebody grabbing something that they love and running with it and making it work for them is an incredible achievement and it's an incredible experience. So, um, uh, congratulations ladies. Well done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're crushing it. Is it, uh, you know, you mentioned just sort of listening to yourself and tapping into your intuition. How difficult is that in business? How do you tune out the noise from other people who think that they know a better plan? Uh, to some extent, I think that idea also comes up in the Big Brother house. We saw a lot of people who had intuitive, felt intuitively about making one decision, but they didn't necessarily follow through on it. Uh, <laughs> and it backfired on them in the game. And the same is probably true for life and business. But how do you really get in touch with your intuition and know what's coming from you versus what's coming from the outside noise? You know, it's, oh, so that's a, that's a big question. I, I've been, so I'm going to talk about more recent because I think that that's, um, definitely more applicable to where my, where I am right now in my life. I mean, previously I just had developed a lot of practices to help me hear my intuition and I knew what I wanted with the product. So I, that was much easier. But um, definitely post Big Brother House, some things happened um, for me inside. Like I became very cerebral. I'm inside my head a lot. And I need to vocalize my thoughts. I need to vocalize what I'm creating. I'm a creator. And so when I was stripped away from my work and the things that I could create and then my outlets of um, like basically – for lack of a better word, therapy, you know, talking on social media, talking to my fans, creating with my um, company, I went into the house and I, and I was basically stripped of everything that I knew of myself. Mm. Um, and so I had to, like initially I had an intuition, I knew the game, I was playing the game and I was in my own lane. And because I didn't have those other outlets to stimulate that creative side, and to keep me connected with myself in a kind of a creative artistic way, then a lot of that intuition started getting challenged by lack of connection to myself. Mm. Sense. And so when I tell people, I'm like, listen to your intuition, you have to activate your intuition. You have to ignite it by practices or by things. So for me, since I've been home, um, I'm taking a different approach than what I did before. I'm reading a lot. I'm listening to music a lot. I'm journaling like a maniac and I'm just taking a very different approach. So I'm feeding my intuition in a different way than I did before. And I think that people just need to get out, activate um, themselves, get outside, walk around. Um, just walking helps the brain start to activate and to get a little bit outside of its uh, circle, uh, the hamster wheel. So if you want to get creative, go outside, do something different, get outside the office, get outside the box, and just listen to what your brain has to say about things. I think that sense of play is so important. I've, I've read about that where even you know musicians like Bob Marley wrote all of his best songs 
after just going out and playing soccer for an hour with friends and just sort of stimulating in a different way opened him up to new creativity. So I feel like that's such an important point that you're hitting on that you've got to find what that is to connect with yourself. And it's different for everybody. It might be reading. It might be journaling. It might be meditation. It might be at a CrossFit box. I don't know. But making that time for yourself, you know, because it's so easy for people particularly when it comes to family or, you know, social circles to start living somebody else's vision for your life and find yourself off track. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to explore things to figure out what works for you, you know, what works for somebody else. And that's, that's why I'm like, people should not be scared to go try new things. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Well, speaking of new routines, I wanted to ask you before we let you go, uh, and again, this won't be a headline to anybody who watched the show, but for people who didn't watch Big Brother this season, explain to people exactly what happened to your foot. Oh, okay. So uh, Jason and I were literally just playing around, horse playing around. I was riding his back in the yard. He slipped and um, we both landed on my foot in half. I, I've never had anything so severe in my life, but it, it was pretty devastating. And, and I I think for my experience, I had already jumped through hoops to, to make it to the house. And I didn't know what was going to be expected of me or what was going to happen within the game. But I knew that I was not going to give up on CBS or big brother. They believed in me. And so I was going to prove to them that I could get there as far as I possibly could. Now, that's my mentality of never having a broken foot before. <laughs> but now that you're out of the house in, in the aftermath, I got to imagine you've alluded to this, I think either on the show or some interviews, that there's still going to be ongoing surgeries that you're going to have to get on the foot to get it back to where it needs to be. Does that rob you at all of some of those passions you talked about as it pertains to CrossFit and training and at least the competitive side? Um. Rob, I don't know if I would use that word, but it, it's going to put a, a dent in my career. And I don't know what that looks like yet. But here's the thing is that my foot is not going to be 100%. It was, I have a donor bone inside my foot. Wow. I have two screws. I have four plates, two pins. I mean, it's, it, my doctor said that this is the worst Les Frank fracture that he's ever seen. And he does every high profile, um, athlete in LA. And I mean, even, even the surfer, the Olympian surfer that has a break that was similar, he said that his wasn't as bad as mine. So I don't know. I'm not trying to upplay my, my break. I'm just trying to have people understand that this isn't just like one or two metatarsals that got broken. This is all of my bones got broken twice and restructured and re I mean, just, it was, it still hurts. It still hurts. I will have another surgery in January and then I will have another surgery in a few years, uh, depending on how bad the arthritis comes. You know, it's a lot to think about. So does it give you an opportunity now, especially because in many ways, it seems like you're pressing the reset, reset button on some parts of your life. Does it give you the opportunity now to reimagine some new possibilities or, or perhaps pursue some avenues you weren't thinking about? Absolutely. I think this whole experience coming out of the house, I'm so grateful for the experience. It's been a whirlwind getting my feet back on the ground. But I'm, I'm grateful for CBS. I'm grateful for Big Brother and the experience, no matter how good or bad it, it may have been. I'm really excited to do all the things that I have told myself I was going to do for years, 
but I always allowed my career to come first. I always, you know, pushed on and, you know, said that I need to get to this next level. I need to get this to this next level and was never sitting back and appreciating my accomplishments or what I've done. And so now it's just like, okay, I have no other choice. I need to flip my life. I want to go to the things that I've been wanting to do and pick up my camera and journal and just go and listen to what the city has to tell me by sitting and watching it and, uh, you know, just reconnect to me again. So this is kind of a weird way of saying like, it's Iraq all over again. I have the same purpose, uh, but my passions are shifting. Awesome. I love hearing that. So (laughs) I know you got a couple other things you're working on right now. You got a new line of supplements for some of the athletes out there. Do you want to talk about that? Because there's a lot of us who work out and we just have no idea what we should be taking or or why we should be taking them. So tell me about that project. Well, I'm really proud of um, this because it's all education-based. Anything that I do, whether it's a supplement line or a workout program or anything, I want you guys to – to understand the why behind it. And so there's a lot of information on the website. Um, I'm using premium quality products and I just want people to not be confused about nutrition. So I'm trying to make it as simple as and straight or supplements and I'm trying to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. So it should be launching in the next month or so. And it's all really, really top premium stuff, but it's simple stuff that you can use. Not a lot of things that you don't need. And people, if they want to find out more about the supplements or even pick up uh, your books, what is the website they should go to? Easiest one is my website, which is christmasabbott.com. It has the supplements, the uh, book information. It also has uh, some really fun workout programs before I broke my foot. And those are based on body weight stuff. So I love, I love that concept of being able to do fitness anywhere because I do travel a lot and I end up doing hotel room workouts a lot. I don't know if you guys saw me squatting on the couch in Big Brother house. I did. I saw you I saw you and Josh like doing resistance workouts like against the couch or against the sofa. Oh, my juju, I miss him. Yeah, they can find everything on there. And if they have any questions, please email me. You know, I, I'm sitting here listening and responding to fans as they come in. Ah, so beautiful. Well, Christmas, I want to honor you, my friend. Uh, tremendous courage. You know, I know people look at it, they're like, oh, it's a reality show. But Big Brother, there is a lot of physical competition. There's a lot of endurance competitions. Like, I just picture anybody else in the world would have broken their foot the way you did and checked out and been like, been a good ride. See you later. But you stuck in there and you made it all the way to final three. You were in some grueling endurance competitions, kind of competing on one foot. Absolutely competing. <laughs> so I admire the courage. I love anytime somebody uses the pain in their life to find their purpose. Those are my kind of people. And I love the fact that you're so connected to go out there and help other people who, because the fitness world is intimidating. I mean, I work out a little bit, but I don't know the first thing about supplements. So the passion to just go out there and teach people what you love, help them get to the next level in their life. I think that is tremendous. So much, uh, much love and respect, my friend. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. Um, I know people don't understand um, what coming outside of the house is like, and that's okay. We're we're all kind of dealing with it in our own way. 
but I promise you that everybody in the house loves everybody else in the house. Well, I'm excited to see as you are out of the house now and you're sort of reconnecting to this new vision for your life, what is ahead for you. So be sure to keep in touch and tell us all about that so we can let everybody know. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate the call and the the life coaching. I love that too. (laughs) Hey, much love, my friend. All the best to you, okay? All right, Dan. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Could you relate to what Christmas shared about being so wrapped up in her career that she was delaying her happiness into the future? I know that's something I used to do and I see it with new clients all the time, but really life is not meant to be enjoyed when you have a million dollars in the bank, after you retire, or when the kids are out of the house. Life is what's happening right now in the present moment. So we wanna be connected to our purpose. We want to be pursuing our passions and taking responsibility to create the emotions we want to feel each day. Thought that was such a beautiful share. If you love the interview, let Christmas and I know you're listening. You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to tag us. You can find her at Christmas Abbott and you can find me at CSC Dan Mason. And if you are a person who is not living life to the fullest, if you're feeling a little unfulfilled and you're looking for that next level, if you want to live life amplified, Go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. You can apply for my special program. I'm kicking off in 2018, a six-month group program designed to help you find fulfillment, passion to increase your income and your impact in 2018. All those details are up on my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you love what you're hearing, share this podcast with a friend. Follow us at the iHeartRadio app or click subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And don't forget, it's time to turn down the volume on the negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.